You know, uh, if you've ever taken a compass and uh, if you've ever been lost, all you really need to have is a map and one fixed point. Did you know that? One fixed point, that's all it takes. And from that fixed point, you just set out that compass and you shoot a straight line. That's called an azimuth. And all you need to have is that line on a map to know where you are. You know, there are fixed points in our life that we can shoot an azimuth from to say, you know what, this is true north. I know this fixed point in my life. Have you ever had that happen in your life? You know, I know this point. I know where I am now. Well, there are fixed points in our faith too. You can't help but notice, you know, there seems to be a jacuzzi here and uh, following the uh, service tonight, we're all going to hot tub. <laughs> well, maybe not quite. It's a... Uh, it's a baptistry. And Jesus said this. It was a fixed point in life. Here's what he said centuries ago. He said this to us. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I've got it all. I got your back. I got you covered. I'm the fixed point. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And because that's true, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. What's a disciple? Simply put, it's somebody that follows the Lord. That's all it is, okay? Make disciples, and then this fixed point. And once you've made disciples of them, what I want you to do is I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And now the promise. And lo, listen, I'm with you to the very end of the earth. You know what? Your baptism is a fixed point. Did you know that? It is a true north point in your life. There is no doubt, any way, shape, or form. It's like a line in the sand. I was here, and now I'm here. Well, tomorrow morning, uh, we've got like seven or eight people being baptized. Um, but our hope is, as we move forward, are you aware that, um, that this tabernacle service has the potential to reach hundreds for Christ? Are you aware? There's nothing li else like this in town. And I, our hope is, is that the next time this... This, this jacuzzi here is set up is going to be basically Father's Day. It would be really cool if there were people that were shooting straight lines north and going, you know what, it's time for me to do something about my baptism. And by the way, around here, that can mean one of two things. It can mean we're actually baptized as believers. But it could mean that some of us were baptized as babies. Are you aware that this thing called confirmation, you know, in some churches that you do, are you aware of that? What are you confirming? Well, what you're confirming is your baby baptism. Now, some of us may have grown up in a church where we went through confirmation, it just automatically happened, and we went through what I call auto-confirmation. What a rip-off. It had nothing to do with faith. It was just, hey, I'm 13 and it's time. You know, if that's you, maybe you, the time will come next time out for you to do something about that. Say, no auto-confirmation for me. I want to shoot an azimuth. I want to be straight north. I want to make sure this is mine and I know what it is. There's all kinds of places in the Bible where an azimuth is, uh, is shot. And I want to just share with you tonight just a crazy story that you may have heard um, before. I I'm calling tonight's message, uh, The Problem with Pigs. You know this story about Jesus? It's a very odd story. You know, he comes across, at one point in the story, a whole herd of pigs. And the whole herd of pigs ends up at his command and by him being basically plunged into, um, into the sea and drowned. The poor pigs. Do you know this story? It's like, what is this? Well, let me share this story with you of uh, somebody that was maybe a little bit choked up in the weeds and a little bit lost. Here it is. By the way, we're in the middle of a, of a series called Encounters with Jesus. So here's one for you. They sailed to the regions of the Gadarenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. 
And when Jesus stepped ashore, here's what happened. He was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. Now, here was the problem. For a long time, the man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but this is where he'd lived, out among the tombs. Can you imagine meeting that? Naked, frothing, demon-possessed, out in the tombs man. It is your worst nightmare ever, and that's who uh, greets Jesus and the disciples. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the following, that the evil spirits needed to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot, and kept under guard, he had broken the chains and it had been driven by the demons into solitary places. So now Jesus asked this question, what's your name? And here's the answer, legion, he says, for we are many. What do we have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? True north, even the demons recognized him. He looks straight into the face of possessed evil and says, what's your name? And as the demonic will seek to do in our very lives, the strategy is intimidate, intimidate, intimidate. What's my name? Legion, for we are many. Well, Jesus isn't very intimidated. And so here's what ends up happening. They begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. Instead, here's what there was. There was a large herd of pigs feeding there on the hillside. And the demons begged Jesus to let them go into them. And he gave them permission. And when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. the poor pigs. And some of us would look at that and go, what is going on? Well, have you ever heard the adage, let's kill two birds with one stone? Um, that's basically what happens here. Jesus is in this area of the gatherings. Who are they all supposed to be? What they're all supposed to be is descendants of one of the tribes of Israel, the Gadites. What's the problem with a herd of pigs being among the Gadites? You know what it is? Jewish people aren't supposed to have what? Pigs. And yet that's exactly what Jesus finds them doing. Tending pigs. So, to take care of a man's hurt, he gets rid of the demons, and he gets rid of what? The pigs. Do you know, are you aware of the fact that sometimes in our lives we have things that we know we're not supposed to have? And in this particular instance, you know, these descendants of Gad had these pigs for one very good reason. They probably weren't eating it themselves. They were probably raising pigs for the Romans. So it's not my own thing, but I'm doing it for what? For someone else. Still sometimes things that we shouldn't have. It just messes up our life. So Jesus gets rid of the pigs. Now look at what happens. 
When those tell, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you where I was. I'm in Luke chapter 8. Starting in verse 34. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and the whole countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, this is what they found. They found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind. And do you know what the response was? They were afraid. They were very afraid. For they had gotten used to the demon-possessed man. And now all of a sudden had to get used to the healed one, the whole one, the changed one. And it freaked them out. You know what? When God changes your life, it may be that the people that you know are used to you the way you were. And as horrible and as scary as that might have been, people have a way of getting used to some pretty crazy things. Would you agree? Let your life change. It's going to freak people out. That's okay. I'd rather have people uh, be freaked out with me with Jesus than uh, feeling okay with me without him. Those who had seen it told the people who, how the demon-possessed man had been cured. And then the people of the region of the gatherings asked Jesus to do the following, to leave them because they were overcome with fear. And so he got in a boat and left. Absolute power, the ability to bring healing, the ability to bring wholeness, the very savior of the whole world, the village, comes to their village and they want to get rid of him. Why? Because he got rid of their livelihood. He got rid of their pigs. He got rid of their comfort. Now the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. And this is a very interesting text. I'm in my right mind, and I'm healed, and I'm dressed, and I'm whole, and I'm ready. Jesus, take me, take me with you. They're asking you to go and to leave. Jesus, take, take, take me with you. Take me with you. Check out Jesus' answer. But Jesus sent him away saying the following. Here's what I want you to do. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. You know, here's the other half of it. Sometimes God will change our life, and the main thing we want to do is escape and start the new one, right? But wherever we're coming from, there's always going to be people, and that's true in this Manchester greater area. There's always going to be people we know from our old life and our own old haunts who need to have their life changed as well. And sometimes because of the radical change in our own lives, we are the best ones to tell the story. Well, tomorrow's Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus traditionally came into Jerusalem for the last time. Monday, Thursday follows, and this Thursday night we'll be having a, a service here at 7 to talk about the Last Supper. And then on Easter, we'll be crying out together in the morning, He is risen, He's risen indeed. Huh. A brand new place 
for us because of what he's done for us. But as you go through this last week, think about your haunts. Think about the graveyards in your life, the places where you've been, where there are others who need to hear about the story and about what Jesus has done for you. And if by some chance you're here this evening chained and pretty messed up, you know what? There is no intimidating Jesus. There's no overcoming him. And so if that's you and you're tired of having legion in you, well, maybe there's a time now for you just to come to him and to say, Jesus, have mercy on me and free me and help me. I'm ready to shoot a new azimuth. I'm ready for a true north that has me found and not lost. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for tonight, for your goodness to us, for the very fact of the matter that uh, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been, you are true north. And there is no power of hell that can intimidate you. So God, approach us now and help us, God, to find you more deeply and once found, maybe to do exactly what you told that demon-possessed guy to do, to go back to our old haunts and to say, God has really changed my life. He could change yours too. True north, God, help us not only to walk that way, but to bring others with us. Amen.